Victor Hovland wins the FedEx Cup. Zach Johnson makes his Ryder Cup picks, and we sit down with the head golf professional at Eastlake Golf Club. All that and more coming to you right now. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Golf Report. I'm your host, Logan Rue. The PGA Tour season has come to an end, and Victor Hovland ends up at first. He wins the FedEx Cup, wins the Tour Championship. It was kind of an anticlimactic Sunday as he just played lights out. I mean, dominated the field. Xander Schauffele kind of went toe-to-toe with him for a little while, but not for long. Um, Wyndham Clark, Roy McIlroy, and Patrick Cantlay round out the top five. I was actually inside the ropes with Rory McIlroy during his round. He had a pretty good round. He shot five under. His back definitely seemed to be feeling a lot better on Sunday. I think I think that if he didn't have the back injuries, I think this would have been a completely different tournament for him. I think, honestly, we might have been talking about a different champion today. Um, but, you know, injuries happen, and that's just the case. John Rahm took to press conference on Sunday talking honestly bad about the format that we have. He says he doesn't like it. I feel like this is a conversation that gets had every year now. Um, Rory McIlroy defended it. Um, John Rahm had said something along the lines of how he played amazing all season, and then he's now going to be known as tied for 18 in the points list. Roy McIlroy basically came in and said, listen, you can be, you know, in the NBA and you can go 82-0 and and you can lose the first round of playoffs and you're done. Your season's done. I completely agree with him on that. I think that it's just like any other sport. You can play great in the regular season. If you don't perform in playoffs, you're not going to win. In fact, in what other sport can you play great all regular season and then play absolutely terrible during the playoffs. I'm not saying he did, but you can. And you still make it to the championship. So I definitely I definitely wouldn't agree with John on this one. But anyways, I think from a fan perspective, this year's tour championship was the best it's ever been. I think um from that perspective, it's been it's gotten better every year continuously and I think this is they outdid themselves this year to discuss this with me I've brought in somebody very special so without further ado ladies and gentlemen please welcome the head golf professional at Eastlake Golf Club he is important to the club for everything that they do throughout the year and also during the tour championship Nick Otten hey Logan thanks for having me on yes sir I think the setup itself was amazing um for the tour championship from the awesome reimagination of the first tee to a lot of the new hospitality venues. I see this year as a super big success. Not only that, but the course was as always in amazing condition. What are your takeaways from the tour championship from a production and course setup perspective? Um, as you mentioned with the, the reimagined first, first tee shot uh, with the new chalet around, I think uh, the tour's done a phenomenal job of just growing 
every year and getting better and better with the fan experience on property. Uh, it leaves a little extra coordinating on our end to get everything set up and taken down throughout the year. But uh, again, the, the tour proves themselves over and over again of how much they want to grow this event and make it one of the, the premier events of the year. So um, the takeaway course conditions was outstanding. Um, we had a, a long, hot, wet winter. So that, that made prove very well for growing conditions of all the grass. So the course showed really well. But uh, once again, the fan experience um, was exceptional and it's all thanks to the tour and what they put on. And it, it shows in kind of our ticket sales throughout the year. I think we were up maybe 30% on ticket sales. So it's very good. Yeah, I would agree with that. I was there on sun Saturday. I was there throughout the week, but Saturday especially was just insane. The amount of people that were there. Yeah. Um, on Wednesday, I spoke with Tony Finau about the conditions this year before the tournament started, and he told me that the greens were running a bit slower, and that seemed to be the case for a good bit of the tournament. Um, what was the reason for that? Um, I think ultimately you never want to get – the tour comes in with their, our, their agronomist um, that really uses it – they use them as an advisory capacity to our agronomy team who – who run the show the entire year and also during the tour championship, but they kind of lead their insight. So they'll come in throughout the year a couple of times, say, this is kind of where we want it. This is what our setup is. And our goal is to get it to tour championship week and at least have some play where if we really want to speed things up, we can, or if it's getting too fast, we can slow it down. Um, Wednesday may have just been more so, a protection cautionary going into the the final days and make sure we don't burn it out. Um, and I think I was talking to our head, our head superintendent, um, Charles Aubrey, and he um, said they're probably running about a 14, 14 and a half by Saturday and Sunday. So they definitely got them up to speed quickly. Um, and that's, that's thanks to our team, but at, at kind of, the direction of the the tour agronomy team of where they want the course set up as and i think that regardless of you know the speed of the greens or whatever i mean i think that it is an amazing setup every year the rough was definitely deeper this year than yeah. years past i would fully uh, agree with that um i have said it a few times before and after this week i have no doubt in my mind that this course could hold a u.s open or at least a pga championship would that be something you believe y'all would be open to if the opportunity arose and what would it take to get there? Um, I don't think so. I think ultimately those type of events are held for courses that don't already hold a, a, um, an annual event, uh, in order to, for something like that to happen, the tour championship would need to leave, which is not in the foreseeable future. So, doing two major events in a year would be would be very problematic not only to our members but just you know how logistically speaking when and where they could place it and things like that so um yeah i mean i think you're absolutely right with the course proves every year that regardless of the final 27 under that um the score shows <laughs> 
ultimately, um, Victor Hovland had a had an unbelievable week, and he still technically only shot 19 under. So the staggered start kind of skews the the overview. I think year in and year out, this course proves to be difficult to the tour pros, mainly because of the rough. Um, and it's, and I mean, 10 years ago, they really didn't break 10 under. And if you really wanted to make it extremely difficult and, and tweak the greens and grow the rough, I don't see why that a, a U.S. Open or Ryder Cup event would would yield very low numbers. I believe Eastlake did actually hold a Ryder Cup, and you can correct me on this, back in the 60s? Yes, 1963, we hosted a Ryder Cup. Very, very interesting in the fact that uh, that was the last year that the U.S. had a had a playing captain, and that playing captain was uh, Arnold Palmer. And you spoke um, about how you don't believe that the course could take holding a major championship and the tour championship in the same year. Um, courses such as Torrey Pines and... Pebble Beach definitely do that. Do you feel like that's just something it's it's too close together, being that the tour championship is held in August? Yeah, I mean, I just we are also a private club with our members, so there's a lot that goes into it. Um, I mean, we start set up in late May, early June to start putting structures up and things like that. Um, and then on a normal year, it takes about a month and a half to tear down all those structures. So it's it's, it's a phenomenal um, showcase for, for the golf course. Our, our members love it, but at the same time, I wouldn't call it an inconvenience, but there are times where um, multiple events could cause, cause some issues with just day-to-day play among our members and things like that. So, I mean, I just, I just feel like a major on top of a, of an annual event such as the tour championship could, it, it would take a very big undertaking. For sure. And I want to actually step away from this week, um, from what happened last week. And I want to start talking about what's happening this week. Yeah. Y'all have closed down the course to restore it. Y'all have said that you're trying to bring back the course that Bobby Jones played decades ago. So what's the goal in doing this? Um, and it kind of boils down to um, everyday play. Uh, the course, the course, really does shine and proves itself to be difficult among uh, tour pros. And this is kind of where the the tricky part for renovating the golf course. We also can be very difficult on day in and day out play. Uh, a lot of high handicappers can play from day to day, and um, it's a it's a kick in the teeth. And if we can make the course more playable to, from different tee boxes and different playing abilities, while also making it difficult for the tour championship, I think that's the ultimate goal. Um, but yeah, we're going to peel back some layers of uh, different things. And if you look at the history of East Lake, Bobby Jones, it wasn't just Bobby Jones. We had the entire you know, Charlie Yates, Watts Gunn, Alexis Sterling um, in the early 1900s that were phenomenal golfers and world-class golfers that won titles all over the world. So obviously there was something in the soil here that kind of where they honed their skill. So we're going to try to recapture that. 
Yes. And I know y'all aren't speaking a lot on the changes, um, but is there any specifics you can give me? I know that there's some changes being made to 9 and 18. Is there anything you can give me on details of those or other holes? Uh, not really, because we're going to give we're going to give Andrew Green. We have full full trust in, in what he's capable of doing. And you kind of sit in the room with him. You instantly know you're like, oh, he sees eye to eye to our vision of, of Eastlake. Um, and we want to make sure he has kind of, um, you know, a, a, a creative ability, like freedom when he's, when he's shaking course and things like that. So, I mean, you can say certain things happen, but when he gets into the dirt, he could get in there and say, I, you know what, this is, I don't like this idea. This, this whole shapes, this topography shapes better this way. So um, I think uh, the routing is going to stay the same. We're going to, but he has, he has an interesting benefit. Eastlake in the 1940s had two greens per hole. So they had a winter grass and a summer grass. Now, some of those greens were just large greens that had two different types of grass on the front and the back or the side, the left and right. And then there were some holes that like four had two totally different greens that played completely different from winter to summer. So he's got an old map from the 40s that he can look at and he can kind of see some shadowing and some topography. So he has where most people could do in a restoration could pull from 18 greens. He's got the benefit of maybe pulling from, you know, 30 greens that were on the old golf course and say, oh, I like this here. I like this there. So, um, yeah. That's awesome. And when can we expect all of this to be finished? We can expect it to be finished. We're going to get a growing season in in spring of next year. So we can expect to see it'll be debuted in the 2024 tour championship. Um, we can expect probably a full completed growing in portion in spring of 2024. Okay. So the members will not have an opportunity to play the new course before the tour championship that year. Essentially, essentially not. No, there'll be, there'll be probably a few members that, that will get to, to preview it, but um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a full new golf course for for the tour pros to come come learn learn the new uh, the new greens. It's going to be it's going to be interesting to watch because they won't be able to get a practice round in before uh, the Monday beforehand. That's going to be interesting for sure. So sure. with the changes you have told me and possibly others the course is making, what can fans expect at next year's Tour Championship? Will we be seeing a totally different golf course? Will it be easier, tougher? It'll be a totally different golf course. Uh, I think it'll be tougher because there'll be new greens um, and they'll be firm. Anytime you have a new golf course, they're typically firmer over, over the first year or so. Um, for the, the tour players, you know, we can change different grasses and things like that, but they play on every single grass known to man anyway. So they're going to figure it out pretty fast of, of how to play a golf course. Um, I think you can expect to see it play firmer and faster in the fairways um, you can probably expect the, the rough to be the the same so the teeth of the golf course in that retrospect will be will be pretty identical um, yeah and then 
as far as the fan experience, I think you're going to see bigger and better uh, venue to showcase. So being on property is going to be pretty cool. We love to hear. Thank you very much for joining me today, Nick. Um, yeah. Can't wait to see what this restoration holds. Yeah, we're, we are super excited. Um, everybody, it's membership, the, the employees, we, uh, it's, it's, it's an exciting time to be around here. Okay. I want to thank Nick again for coming on the podcast. And now I actually want to turn the attention away from, you know, this season, this tour championship to the Ryder Cup. Zach Johnson this morning made his picks, and those picks were Brooks Kepka, Jordan Spieth, Colin Morikawa, Ricky Fowler, Sam Burns, and Justin Thomas. A lot of people are criticizing these picks. Um, Sam Burns, a lot of people can say that that's a questionable pick. A lot of people can say that Justin Thomas is a questionable pick, you know, with the struggles that he's had um, over guys like Keegan, guys like Bryson, guys like Cameron Young. I mean, Fred Couples said back in July that Cam Young was going to be a part of this Ryder Cup team. He said that, and I quote, and now he is not officially. Um, I see what Zach is trying to do, though. Zach is putting together a team of people that mix very well. You look at, I mean, what, what what's called the boys club, really. You got Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Ricky Fowler. You know, they, they all, they're, they're the spring break boys. I mean, they, they mix so well together, and the chemistry is just there. Scotty Scheffler was obviously a instant qualification, and Sam Burns and him are great friends. I definitely think you'll be seeing them paired together. If you don't, I would be utterly shocked that he would take Sam and then not pair them together. Brooks Kepka, I mean, he won a major championship this year. You just, you can't not take him. I mean, he's. I don't think you can justify having an American win the PGA Championship and then you being like, "No, we're gonna, we're not gonna take him." I think most of the people that disagree with taking Brooks are people that disagree with Liv. And to that, I would say that the the Ryder Cup is bigger than Liv versus PGA. This is playing for your country, and so I think that you need to, that. That's where the focus needs to be, not not what league they play on. Colin, Colin Morikawa, he's he's young. He's another pick that, I mean, he's had his struggles recently, but I definitely think that people turn up at these big events and he has one of those switches, you know, when, when he wants it, when he wants it bad enough, he can turn the switch on. And I definitely think we'll be seeing that uh, next month. On the European side, qualification ends this week, at the end of this week. And... So far, Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, Victor Hovland, and Tiro Haddon have qualified. Tommy Fleetwood and Matt Fitzpatrick sit just outside that spot. I spoke with Seb Straka um, at the Tour Championship about who he believes um, the pick should be. He he didn't give a definite answer. He said that he doesn't know exactly where the points list and where people are standing. Interestingly enough, he never mentioned himself. He He said that if Tyrrell's out, then he definitely needs to be in. 
that he believes Tommy Fleetwood's sitting just outside that he needs to be in, but he never mentioned himself. I find that very interesting. Shane Lowry, Justin Rose, and Robert McIntyre are also currently fighting for spots. I think that you'll be seeing all of them. Somebody that I don't think you'll be seeing, which is interesting, it hasn't happened in a long time, is Ian Poulter. Obviously, Ian is now with Live Golf. Um, I don't think that should stop him from being with Team Europe, but obviously he's he's kind of out of it. He hasn't been playing great, and I just don't think that they're going to have a justification. Luke, Luke Donald's not going to have a justification to take Ian Poulter in that. Overall, I think Rome is going to be an absolute showdown in a couple of weeks, and I can't wait to see it unfold. Obviously, I'm going to be rooting for Team USA, but it's going to be exciting, and I can't wait for the boys to bring that trophy back home. I want to move to some personal news. Um, you know, obviously, I, as I've discussed, I discussed on, on the podcast last week, and I discussed it, you know, on the Instagram as well, is that I am currently in college. I just started um, first semester, and I need some time to focus on that. And I also need some time to rebuild this into something, reimagine it into something a lot bigger and better than it is right now. And so I'm going to be taking a couple weeks hiatus to do that. Um, I don't know exactly what form this is going to come back as. It's going to come back as a podcast. I can promise you it's going to be better than it is now. I feel like the last few weeks have been very sloppy and I don't feel comfortable putting those out. So I just feel like I need to take a couple weeks and rebuild it. And I want to thank all of y'all for your support. Um, in that, and I can't wait to see what this thing comes. Um, I will be also taking a hiatus away from the social medias. Um, I may post a little bit on there, so make sure to follow that at the golf rep on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube. Um, just thank you all so much. Thank you to Country Club of Net. Thank you to the Tour Championship. Uh, Nick Otten and Chad Parker at Eastlake and so many others in my personal life that just have helped me build this thing up and I will see y'all soon. Thank you.